WMEX Quincy Boston. Streaming at WMEXBoston.com. And on your smart speaker, just say play WMEX. The greatest hits of all time are back. This is the all-new WMEX. WMEX Boston. Legacy Legal Live, hosted by Kendra O'Toole, Michelle Reed, and Elizabeth Caruso of Legacy Legal Planning, is a show about discussing your estate plans, options, and answering your questions. Call in at 781-834-9639 and start your lifelong partnership covered by benefits that you've earned through proper legacy planning. Now here's your hosts, Kendra, Michelle, and Elizabeth. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Legacy Legal Live on WMEX Boston, where we explore the stories and conversations that matter. We are your hosts, Kendra O'Toole, Michelle Reed, and Elizabeth Caruso. And tonight we are talking about estate planning and being grateful, as the gratitude that comes with estate planning comes in many different avenues. Thanksgiving is a time that we reflect on gratitude, and tonight we're delivering a unique aspect of gratitude, being thankful for estate planning. Now, this might not sound like the most festive topic, but bear with us as we'll discover it's a profound way to express love, care, and consideration for our loved ones. So we're going to kick it off with, you know, why should somebody be grateful for estate planning? Yeah, I mean, most people are uh, begrudgingly getting it done right <laughs> but we always say it's it's really if you look at it bottom line it's a gift you give it to yourself you give it to your loved ones it's ensuring that your wishes are known honored your assets are distributed as you intend and your family is taken care of emotionally financially and well-being and that's really one of the greatest gifts that you can give peace of mind and what we often hear from clients after they've done an estate plan is the gratitude that they have for us for releasing burdens. Uh, oftentimes these ideas of, uh, you know, creating an estate plan, creating a will, thinking about what's going to happen happen after you pass away or like all of these really horrible situations. Uh, it just has so like so much heaviness and it weighs on people's shoulders and you can see like once they're done and they've signed the documents they just feel so much lighter and they like they do truly have gratitude to us for taking you know maybe it's checking something off their to-do list or uh you know feeling like they they have something in place to ensure that you know if things do go awry that everything will be taken care of. Yeah, we should throw more uh, estate planning parties after, after, after. You can see the, the, the visual release of the shoulders. And I think not so much even, you know, that gratitude during life of them putting it together, but also a lot of gratitude we see also comes, unfortunately, when a couple might have done their planning and then they lost that loved one. I can think of a few clients that, you know, did their planning with their spouse and unfortunately had then lost their spouse. And it gave them the ability to be present in the moment when, you know, they were dealing with some of that end of life care. But then also after to not have to worry immediately about the finances or dealing with making sure that they've access to bank accounts or to pay the bills, all of that was already in order and in place to just let them be with their family, go through the grieving process, 
and not be in a position of feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to get to court or I can't pay this bill. What do I do to be able to just really process the feelings that they have? Yeah, I mean, you don't get, not that you want to go through that again, but you don't get that opportunity back to process truly and genuinely. So while it seems like estate planning is the last thing you want to think about, it, it most certainly is, but you're, you're glad in that moment that you've got it done. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we hear sometimes from clients that had loved ones that didn't plan is that they start right away with having to deal with the home or paying the bills, making sure that there's no issues with the home, pay taxes and all that. But then once they kind of get through the marathon of dealing with the court, they then actually grieve six months to a year later it all comes flooding back because they were just in overdrive of, you know, getting things done and not actually being in that moment. Yeah, I see that a lot with my clients as well in that like when they there hasn't been planning and we're basically the ones helping the family to clean up everything. And, you know, there's a whole nother level of gratitude there from those clients because we were there at their worst. You know, they had just lost a loved one, whether it be a spouse, a parent, a child, whomever, and you're helping them get through this myriad of court documents and legal documents and insurance company documents and dealing with banks and, you know, you name it, you have to deal with so many different people at this level and, you know, helping them to sort through all the legalese, they're very, you know, very thankful at the end. And, you know, often there's a, a box of tissues at that last meeting where we're just kind of releasing everything. <laughs> Absolutely. And so as we are talking about family and family well-being, this is really as though you're creating a roadmap. If you're doing the estate planning, you're creating that roadmap for your family's future by having a well-thought-out estate plan, providing a sense of security, and reducing some potential family conflicts. Michelle, I know you had talked earlier about a client that you had regarding you know, a family business and, and what you did to help make this roadmap for that family's oh, yeah. future much better. I mean, we've talked about family businesses a couple of times on here, and you know, sometimes when we start a family business and we've got you know, parents and kids all involved, not everything is ship-shape right at the beginning. There's, you know, there's family dynamic and trust there, and everything runs very smoothly. But as things progress and um, th we start talking about, well, you know, what happens when mom and dad retire or if, you know, the worst happens and, and something unexpectedly uh, goes wrong, what then happens with the business? So I had a client uh, recently who, uh, you know, the, the family was very involved. So they, uh, their estate planning was, the whole family is very much an open book. So they were telling me when we first met initially, you, I don't know who's more grateful that we're here, you know, me and my spouse or the kids, because they've been hounding us for years to get things settled and determine who's who's taken over the family business and do it the right way, instead of saying, oh, you, Susie, you're going to do this aspect, and you, John, you're going to do that aspect. So we created a state, an estate plan for them, you know, very simple, uh, but made it very clear what the wishes were for the family succession of the business, who would be able to step in in an urgent situation if mom and dad, the owners, uh, were incapacitated, and also if, you know, if when, when they die, 
the nice smooth transition for the the business and that the, they told me that their son called them and was so grateful they were joking he was saying you know now I can finally <laughs> sleep well at night uh, so that's 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 a win for us and it's something that we're really grateful for because we know that we've set that family up for you know all those things that we just talked about being able to be with each other in times of crisis in times you know good times they don't have to spend uh, Thanksgiving at the dinner table fighting over you got to get go see the estate planner they've already got it done so that that's um it's a big win for us and it's something that we're grateful for just as much as mom dad and all those kids in the family business are it really is a way to help reduce the stress and overwhelm that occurs that especially when even during lifetime when a family member might be stepping into help with finances or make health care decisions. And one of the times that we see an estate plan coming into play often is when we are doing mass health applications and we are working on getting the care a loved one needs in a nursing home. And we are usually working with a attorney, in fact, somebody that's been appointed as power of attorney to to get that done when they have a proper plan. Liz, I know we talked a little bit earlier about a client that you had through this mass health process. Yeah, I had a client, and this was years and years ago, um, where uh, the it was a husband and wife situation, and uh, they had a son that was also very involved in their life. And unfortunately, the husband had a stroke. So he was physically unable to take care of himself and move around and things like that. But mentally, he was perfectly fine. Um, because of their living situation, all of that, he ended up having to go to a nursing home and then you're left with, you know, how do we pay for this? Uh, he was in his early seventies and, um, the wife was about 10 years younger. She was still working and, you know, she was still, you know, going to work every single day, contributing to her 401k, all of that. And, you know, she was wondering, you know, if, you know, how am I going to pay for my husband to be in a long-term care facility? And this is 10 years ago. So it was probably like $130,000 a year at that point. Now it's upwards of 150 to $175,000 a year. But, you know, they were wondering how on earth are we going to pay for this? And potentially for 10, 15 years, if he's in his early seventies and, you know, his, his issue is mobility, not, any like, you know, comorbidity diseases or any like mental issues or anything like that. Uh, so eventually through some referrals, the family ended up at my doorstep. And because of our knowledge of the mass health regulations, we were able to save every penny for this family. Um, you know, we were able to save their house we um, because it came in below the uh, the equity threshold that mass health allows a um, community spouse to still live in the home. We were able to um, save all of the wife's retirement because she was still working and contributing to it. And that makes it not countable towards the husband's uh, calculation. And then anything they were over the threshold, we were able to do uh, what's called a, a single premium income annuity to be able to get the husband qualified as quickly as possible. And, uh, you know, talking about gratitude, there is there, that was a whole nother level of gratitude to finally get that, uh, acceptance letter from mass health to be like, you know, you've just saved this family to being able to live. Like, it's not that like they were trying to skirt the system or not pay for 
dad slash husband's uh, long-term care or anything like that, they it literally would have bankrupted them and left the wife on the street. Um, so we, you know, made made her life livable for the next, you know, 30 years, potentially. And that brings up, in terms of gratitude, when we work with professionals, other professionals, um, <clears throat> we've talked about it before, but it's it's certainly a collaboration. Uh, we we kind of say we're 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 one member of of your all star team. You know, we bring in financial advisors, uh, tax professionals, insurance professionals. You know, we can't do what we do w- without these other professionals. Um, you know, we can we can create as 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 much of a plan as we possibly can, but then sometimes we have to bring in other other team members. So it's it's um, this time of year where we're particularly grateful for those people who we can look to, who are experts in their fields, who are trustworthy, and we can collaborate with them to help a family like your clients. And I think one of the most times that we do have that collaboration is when, you know, yes, when people are doing their estate plan and ensuring that they're maybe making sure they have the proper tax provisions or working with their financial advisor regarding tax things. But it does come up into play a lot with long-term care. Um, We collaborate so much also with geriatric care managers or connect our clients with elder services and just try to help them navigate long-term care because it's never – you know, for the most part, you're not home and then all of a sudden in a nursing home. There's lots of transition period in between. So it's wonderful for us to have these connections with people that we can help and be there through that transition to just take a little bit of that overwhelm off of our clients. Yeah, when, when whenever we can be there to help them, it's it's really – it. a lot of people – they don't know what they don't know. And until they come and talk to us and, you know, present their issues to us, they don't even know that there are issues that we can help solve. And, you know, they're usually incredibly grateful just for the conversation. Kind of sticking with the mass health aspect of things and the gratitude of clients. I had a client that had they they had planned to move in with one of their children and build an in-law, so they sold their home. And they also decided to do some gifting at that time for their to their children. And under the rules of mass health regulations, there are specific regulations regarding gifting. Um, but luckily, we did the legwork and we brought things up to mass health that we saw as issues. And we warned this family, we think you are going to be disqualified for probably about $120,000. That's not news you want to give. You're not grateful for that news. (laughs) No. But we just made them aware of under the regulations, this is what can happen. But as Liz mentioned, you know, the how much we know the regulations and really get into the deep dive of them and what we can do to to first put that application in but hit those roadblocks beforehand and not wait for mass health to bring them up really makes a difference with trying to get our clients on mass health and get the help that they need and and the payment they need because that is just so much money for a family to shovel out yeah it's it's really crazy today how expensive long-term care can be uh and it's just gone up exponentially over the past 
you know, I don't know how many years, but it just keeps continuing to grow. And Mass Health really only covers the long term care nursing home portion. That doesn't touch any of the other live like senior living options that are out there as far as assisted living and you know apartment living and things like that which we can also assist our clients in like making a plan to make sure that they have money available to actually be able to utilize those services as well not just long-term care and nursing homes it is there's so many options out there as you mentioned and we do try to navigate and show the way to our clients of what those options are. I do think a lot of people think it is home or nursing home, but there really is at-home care, you know, depending on your financial situation. And as you mentioned, the assisted livings. And even for people that might not be quite at assisted living, if they don't want that, but they are no longer able to maybe move around their home or maybe can't afford their home, Um, There's senior housing options. And so we really try to work with our clients to help guide them in that way to ensure that they're looking at all the possibilities and that they are making the decision that's best for them at the time. And let me tell you, this time of year, a lot of those assisted livings can have some really great parties. Oh, gosh. The food, the pies. <laughs> if you want to go get into some some good eatings, that's that's the time to go around Thanksgiving time when they're, they're showing off their chefs and everything like that. So to switch back a little bit towards the estate planning and how it can help to eliminate, you know, court, we mentioned not just even after life, but during life in regard to having somebody step in to be able to make decisions for you, it does really take a burden off of your loved one's shoulders because it is a lot less stress for them to have to worry about court dates, take time off of work for these court hearings, as well as the expense of these court hearings that needs to be paid to be sure to actually be heard and to get somebody appointed as a guardian or as a conservator when they don't have these plans in place. So the estate plan is really the loved ones that are stepping in for you have gratitude alone with knowing that you've done that so that they can step in easier without court action and a lot less stress. Yeah, I mean, imagine the difference between walking into a, uh, you know, just a bank or your run-of-the-mill bank to make a withdrawal for a parent or get a, get a statement. Maybe they, you know, the statement didn't come in the mail or they lost it and they need another statement. Imagine trying to walk in to get that for mom or dad and you're hit with, we can't provide you with any information. Well, mom says she authorized me on the account. So it's, it's you know, that's potentially 30 minutes at the bank arguing, you know, well, let's call mom. If you just had a document in place, the level of gratefulness goes beyond just just knowing you have the documents but it's also knowing that you're you get to skip the line in a lot of ways with certain arguments with professionals and 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 move on with with other things that are also important in each other's lives yeah you already have the stamp of approval uh which we like (laughs) yeah when you have a power of attorney in place or a healthcare proxy in place nobody has to 
go back and check with their manager to make sure they have to talk to you or, you know, try to call the legal department in another state to make sure that you're okay. So it can be very helpful. And so to go a little beyond the financial aspects, um, can you share a story or an example that highlights some of the emotional side of state planning? I think we kind of touched on this a little bit in regard to being able to be present and in the moment. Um, but I think one of the most, you know, gratitude and emotional side of it that I've had with clients is the fact that they finally feel that they do actually have something in order. I think sometimes this is the item that looms over people's heads for 40 plus years. They say, I was going to do this when my kids were minors, but I couldn't decide who would be guardian. Then they're saying, we were going to do this before we retired, but we were just busy. And now they're finally retired and doing this estate plan. And you can really see the shift in their just their attitude and their emotions in that meeting when they feel that they have finally checked off something that has been on that list for so long. Yeah, it's like a complete energy shift. You know, they come in a little worried, unsure. We don't know what we want to do. We, we couldn't do it before, all the things. And then the it's it's like night and day when, when they leave. So that's that's always something where it's – there's literal genuine smiles on faces. And then we have clients who are like, we're going out to celebrate, we're going to lunch, get drinks. So it's, you know, it is something to be celebrated. Um, and, and so that's that's something that we love love to see. And it's, it's emotional for us too. You know, it, we're not super sappy, but, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you, you end up tearing up with the clients too, because even though it's something as simple as saying, we did it, yay, you know, and, and it's, it's happy tears. <laughs> That's true. We aren't super sappy all the time. <laughs> I might be. Michelle's the Michelle is the resident sap for us. Someone's got to do it. So I think also our clients express a lot of gratitude when we're in our meetings about their family. That's where we get to really learn about their children or their grandchildren or their nieces and nephews. And we hear so much about the gratitude that they express of their granddaughter that might be living with them and taking care of them or their nieces and nephews that have just been a part of their life going to you know activities college visiting at college and they want to provide for those loved ones because they are just so grateful for the relationship that they have with them and the love that they have for them and so it's really a time that we get to also hear and learn about their families. I know I have a couple that is really focusing on providing for their nieces and nephews. They don't have any children. And they have not just planned for afterlife of them for their nieces and nephews, but they have really been a part during life and, you know, helping to pay and provide for things during life to really be able to enjoy the moments with them. They've, you know, really gotten some of their nieces into theater. And so they go to plays in Boston or New York to Broadway. And they travel when their niece was studying abroad. They went to England to visit her. And so it really, they are showing that gratitude and that love, not just in their estate plan, but also their life with their nieces and nephews or grandchildren. Yeah, I mean, talk about having the gratitude just for those experiences 
And as aunt and uncle having the peace of mind to be able to provide those for them and, sh- and, and partake in them. Um, and, and so I recently sat down with a couple and they have uh, six grandchildren and they are the, the, the lights of their lives. Uh, they showed me pictures and talk about how they help you know their kids. You know, they'll pick them up from school. They bring them to all the sports. You know, they, they told me that... Um, you know, if they've got they got a whole bunch of grandkids, so it's a divide and conquer situation. So, you know, grandfather takes one to one practice, Nana takes one to another, mom and dad do another. So it's it's a whole beautiful family situation. And we spent several moments in our conversations talking about how all of this goes back to that. They want to be there for their family. They moved here to be closer to their grandchildren. And then we're then going ahead and discussing how they're going to be able to provide a legacy for their grandchildren. You know, no matter how how big or how small financially, they're able to to gift to them in some way. So we talked about creating um, a, a, a trust for them to be able to provide them some some special things in life, whether that might be to pay for uh, help pay for uh, you know college or uh, buying a new home, a marriage, you name it. Their grandparents are are able to to leave them this this legacy. So that's that's a beautiful thing. And then to see those pictures of the grandkids is also a treat for us. And I've had clients recently who, uh, you know, maybe they didn't have nieces and nephews. They didn't have, uh, they didn't have kids, but they had furry friends in their lives that they wanted to make sure they had taken care of. Um, so I've had several clients where I've created, you know, special parts of their wills or their trust that left a portion of their assets to someone else to make sure that they, you know, their furry friends were taken care of, whether it's cats, dogs. Uh, I've had people who had horses that wanted to make sure they were taken care of. Uh, and, you know, the, they have gratitude for being able to know that should something happen to them, that the oft-forgotten animals are, uh, are taken care of as well. And sometimes there's the gratitude to that person that's taking them on as well. Because (laughs) as much as they might also love them just as much, it is, you know, it can be a financial issue for some people when it comes to vet bills and food and litter and, you know, depending on the type of animal. Only the coziest of dog beds. (laughs) (laughs) And so it really can add up and so being able to properly plan to be sure that your pets as well as the people that are taking care of them are truly taking care of themselves to be able to handle it and give them that best care. So we are just about at our halfway point. I think it's a good point here to take a break. You're listening to Legacy Legal Live on 1510 WMEX Boston. Back to Legacy Legal Live here on 1510 WMEX. Thank you for joining us. If you're just tuning in, we have been talking about reasons of why people are grateful, why we're grateful for our clients. And I think that's something that I want to touch on a little bit first as well before we jump back into gratefulness for um, that our clients have, you know, for their families or for estate planning. But really, I think as an estate planner and working with these families, I am really grateful for the trust and the 
emotions and the connections that they make with me as their attorney. We truly believe in long-term relationships at Legacy Legal Planning. We do not just give you your documents and never connect with you again. We want to be sure that your plan gives you that peace of mind and works when you need it to work. And so I'm really grateful for the families that we work with really do become a part of our family at Legacy Legal and loop us into what's going on with their family. We get those, not just those photos in the meetings, but sometimes we get the letters and photos years later or, you know, keeping us updated annually with cards and birthday cards or holiday cards. And so that connection that we have of knowing that it's not just a client that we are, you know, putting their file in a draw, we are keeping that long-term relationship and really having them as a part of our family is something that I'm truly grateful for. Yeah, that was um, beautifully said, Kendra. Uh, We have clients who schedule calls to talk about nothing legal, (laughs) but to check in with us, update us, see how we're doing, asking about our families. So it's it's definitely a beautiful thing to develop these long-term relationships. And, you know, we, we, we think about them often, you know, wonder how the game went <laughs> this weekend with so-and-so's grandkids. So it's, it's, um, it's definitely a beautiful experience and we are grateful uh, to, to share it. Yeah, usually my clients are asking, uh, when was the last time you went to Dizzy Liz? How was your last trip? <laughs> they know you. They do, they do. Um, but I'm very grateful for uh, a lot of my clients who like to check in. They're usually asking, you know, how my daughter is doing because some of them have been with me since before she was born and they you know they saw me through my pregnancy and all that and they're always checking in to see how she's doing and they're like oh my god i can't believe she's in kindergarten no me either (laughs) (laughs) and so for those that might be a little hesitant about estate planning you know what would what would you say to them to help them understand and feel comfortable with moving forward and being able to show that gratitude for themselves to be able to make this plan, give themselves some grace with making a plan and ensuring that their wishes are followed, but also, you know, show gratitude to loved ones. Or it could be we have people that show gratitude to charities and to organizations that really mean a lot to them within their plan. So what would you say to somebody that might be hesitant on estate planning? You're not going to feel better until you do it. (laughs) You need to just rip off the Band-Aid. And having a conversation uh, with an elder law or an estate planning attorney is definitely the first step. And then finding somebody that you jive with that, you know, you have a good feeling about and you can have a good conversation with, that will make all the difference. Like once, once you feel comfortable about moving forward, moving forward won't be that hard. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, we've always say, said this because we have some really wonderful colleagues, but there are, you know, a plethora of attorneys out there. Um, so to Liz's point, find someone that feels like family, you know, someone that you, you can chit chat about, not just the documents with, um, someone who's invested and, and there's nothing wrong with having a couple calls or maybe meeting with one or two, you know, the worst, worst case is just a little bit of your time. But when you find the right one, it's one of those things that you just kind of know. You know it, there's a connection, there's a trust there. And that's really, you know, what to look for. And I think that takes the hesitation away quite a bit. 
And I think one of the reasons that I hear often about why people are either hesitant to do it or don't think they need it is because it, they feel of, oh, that's just for the wealthy or the elderly. And that's really something, uh, a big myth that we try to bust a lot because everyone's plan is different. Everyone has different assets, d- different legacy that they want to leave. And an estate plan isn't just about your assets. It is about those healthcare decisions. It is about somebody being able to step in and pay your bills if you ended up in a, in a, you know physical rehab from nursing home for a short time, whether it's a couple months or six months, whatever it might be to get you back on your feet. And these people are able to step in without going through the court process if you do proper estate planning. And so I always explain that it's not just for the wealthy or the elderly. I think that's what a lot of people do think about. And they feel, oh, I rent, I don't own a home or or I don't need a will because I don't, I just have a few bank accounts. But those bank accounts are going to go through the court process and the state law will dictate what happens without a proper plan. And the court process is the same, whether you have three bank accounts or $3 million. The court, the courts in Massachusetts do not differentiate between the less wealthy and the wealthy. So, you know, you're not saving your family or yourself any time or energy or anything like that by not having an estate plan. And We are grateful that the courts are out there to help families through this, but there are better ways that you can take the reins yourself and make these decisions without that court input, without more legal fees and costs. Like you said, unfortunately, there are times where the the heirs or, you know, the beneficiaries don't know how much are in accounts when they're going through this process. And we've we, we try to jump through hoops and try to get information before filing, such as, you know, what's the balance in the bank account? Or, but not every bank gives that. And I remember we had one that the bank would only tell us that it was under 25. We asked 25,000 is kind of a tipping point for some of the court processes. So we asked the bank, can you at least tell us if it was over or under $25,000? They would not tell us the balance whatsoever. They did finally indicate that it was under the 25000 But they did it with glasses, a mustache, and we had to wait out the back door to get that information. <laughs> and then in the end, we, you know, the beneficiaries chose to go through the court process, which where it was under, it was a cheaper court process than the regular probate that we think of with publication in the newspaper and whatnot. But it was still, you know, legal fees and so a few hundred dollars and and the court fees to initially file it. And there was $5 in that bank account. And so we try to help and get this information beforehand for clients. But when people come to us and there wasn't a plan and they don't know and there's no statements coming through because they're all emailed to that person or there's nothing in the mail, it really unfortunately sometimes can be a financial loss for the family. Yeah, and that begs, you know, bringing that into something that folks are grateful for. Uh, we, I, I had a client one time who she, we were doing their planning, but 
she talked to me for a very long time about her mother and you know she was very close with her mother and she lost her mom and it was a very emotional situation for her of course but she's if she said it once she said it 10 times that she was so grateful that her mother left everything for her she had every piece of information she she looked at me she was I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe that my mom had everything lined up I knew all the bank accounts I knew the life insurance she left everything for me I didn't I didn't have to worry I didn't have to go through the stress so you know that's not knowing what's in a bank account not having a statement those sorts of things can cause some turmoil significant turmoil and I just remember this one sticks out in my mind so often because that's the difference having everything lined up and 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 having all that information for those who come in after you and and they 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 are just even though their loved one is gone there's so much gratitude there that that they're able to just experience it how they need to and everything was done for them and they didn't have to go through a lot of trauma and court trauma um, to to wrap it up and in that case you know if they knew there was five dollars in the bank account they're just going to leave that one be (laughs) and so a little bit you know more again in that spirit of gratefulness and thanksgiving you know Peace of mind, I think, is the biggest thing that we offer to our clients. And that is the, we always say that, you know, it, it really, that peace of mind and putting it at rest for clients is what makes the difference for them. Peace of mind is in the power of planning. That's right. <laughs> See what she did there, folks? <laughs> well, now we're getting comfortable. What, what show is this? What number show? <laughs> we have five or six now. I think we're number six. I believe this is show number six. <laughs> we're getting the hang of this a smidge. <laughs> and so that peace of mind is something that even families – at Thanksgiving tables <laughs> have come up because we do hear a lot of times during the holidays we get calls either between Thanksgiving and Christmas of we were with my grandmother on Thanksgiving and we're going to be with her again on Christmas and there's nothing we're going and she's showing signs of dementia or we're concerned we're going to have to step in but there's nothing that allows us to step in. How do we know that grandma was having dementia? She made the pie wrong. Like one of those things like, oh, she forgot the key ingredient that always makes it like the best. Well, then I have dementia. (laughs) (laughs) But these are the times that people notice it a little bit more than, you know, even sometimes every day. They're, They're little things that you're used to, maybe family traditions that are forgotten or maybe you start realizing while being with somebody for a few hours through a holiday dinner, they've asked you the same question, you know, numerous times throughout those couple of hours. And so these are the moments where we end up being quite busy during the season because those phone calls come in of what can we do now? What can we what can we do to be sure that we're not dealing with something worse later? And they're grateful for the time that we are able to meet with the client, talk about the what they can do now. And, you know, most of the time, I think luckily, people do pick up on this sooner than later when they have a loved one that starts having some of those issues. And so we're able to pre-plan. The tough part is if people sit on it 
and that dementia just goes too far and they no longer have that lucidity, we are then stuck with not being able to do that pre-planning anymore. Yeah, I mean, the holidays, whether we're graciously getting together or not, it's 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 also sort of a natural check-in time with, with family members that you might not, you might haven't, you haven't seen in a while. Um, it's one of those things that it's it's sort of a natural time to check in, check in on things. And, and like you said, sometimes you notice things are a little bit off or things are wonderful and you can kind of say, well, maybe we should do some of that pre-planning now while things are still lovely. And I think this is a time that a lot of the family heirlooms sometimes come into play. You know, your visiting grandma or your aunt or uncle and there's the jewelry or there's a family painting that's hanging up in their living room. No, it's the gravy boat. It's the gravy boat that you use every single year for your Thanksgiving dinner and your Christmas dinner. And then, you know, a loved one passes away and everybody's fighting over the gravy boat to be able to then take it to their next Thanksgiving dinner. I sense some tension here, Liz. Is there? <laughs> Liz wants the gravy boat. <laughs> But that reminds me of uh, my, so my grandmother, um, we, I had a whole slew of cousins. So she had 10 kids and there's a million of us. And she collected these little um, China tea set, teacup sets. So it was the, the teacup with the little plate. And she displayed them on her wall like they were, you know, sporting trophies. But they were these beautiful little ornate teacups. And as long as we can remember, don't touch the teacups. We can't touch, don't go near the teacups. But as she got older, um, we we were all fighting over who was going to get the teacups because the one thing she was leaving, she didn't, you know, she didn't have much, but the one thing she was leaving to all of us was she had enough teacups for each one of her grandchildren. And there are a lot of us. So just, just picture walls of teacups. Um, but that, that was very special. I still have mine and I, you know, I, we, I, they sent out images of, of what we want more all jokingly fighting over these teacups. Uh, and, you know, I got this and one little teacup, Probably not worth a heck of a lot. Who knows what catalog she ordered it out of, but it's very special to me. And I also received one of her baking dishes. This woman loved to shop at TJ Maxx. Well, back then it was Bradley's. Uh, you know, what, what are some of the old? Uh, Ames. <laughs> Ames. Sears. Service merchandise. Yeah, oh, you know it. Caldor, right? Is that? <laughs> um, you know, I, and I miss Bradley's, but that'll be a different show. Um, but, you know, we all Mrs. got. Mrs. Bradley was a wonderful lady. <laughs> We all got a, 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 a piece of that, too. I got this beautiful, ornate flour baking dish that I'm pretty sure was from Marshall's, but she loved the thing, and, and I got it. So on Easter and Thanksgiving, um, if I do cook, and I try not to burn anything when I use it, but I use it and I think of her. So it's nice. And that's a way that in your estate planning, you can ensure that you are leaving those sentimental items to the people that you know will enjoy them, want to use them, they're not going to just be thrown out or thrown in the garage and will continue to have your legacy be there at all the holidays because that is her legacy being there with you, you know, at each holiday. And so these family heirlooms can really sometimes cause the most issue with an estate plan, but it's the estate plans that aren't properly yeah, planned. you can have a gravy boat or a teacup issue. Which one? <laughs> well, can, well, can you imagine if your grandmother did not have enough oh, no, teacups? Oh, no, no. With all the cousins, we'd be, there'd be some scratching going You'd on. You'd still be fighting over it. <laughs> oh, in my family, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hope they're listening. <laughs> 
So, I mean, the gravy boat was just like, I'm trying to think of like something that you only have one of. But like, I can imagine, you know, a china set, you know, you bring out, you bring out the special plates for Thanksgiving because it's a special meal. But, you know, it's when everybody's going to start breaking things. (laughs) In our family, it's the dining room table. That's what. The actual table? Yes. The whole table? Yes. Okay. Yep. You know, it's a beautiful table. I love it. My brother loves it. He seems to think he might get it. I (laughs) bet it's in your house. It is in my house. (laughs) There's something in your favor here. I don't know what it is. (laughs) So we will see what the plan. (laughs) I won't say the legal term possession is nine nine tenths tenths of the law. law. (laughs) But it is, you know, these things really are a lot of times what people are actually most grateful for in the planning. Because when you plan properly and you are stating what you want, what item you want to go to whom, you are really making the difference for the family to not have these these fights. Because if there weren't enough teacups, having it all laid out, if this is who gets which one, the pink flower one goes to this person, the blue flower one goes to that person, it is clear, cut and dry, of what your wishes were. And it's it's those people are grateful for it. Your personal representative, that is the person dealing with all of these items, is very grateful for it. And your legacy lives on. And these are the situations that tear families apart after somebody passes away. Like, there's, you know, if there's not a direction for sentimental value items, that is what causes siblings to never talk to each other again. Or for, you know, cousins to never, you know, spend holidays together again. Because that is, you know, you you had, you know, 10 teacups and 24 grandkids and you gave no direction whatsoever. <laughs> We're running with the teacups. I will fight for that teacup. <laughs> but there's, you know, so part of our planning too, little little state planning plug, there's, there's a way to assist with that. So we provide clients with, say this 10 times fast, personal property memoranda. But it's, it's essentially a memo with some legal guidance that you can utilize this form, this, this legal document, to be very clear in those wishes. Um, who gets what, uh, you know, and, and then really determine who, who the favorite ones are because, you know, who your favorite 10 are, who, who's getting those teacups. <laughs> and like you said, it's a legal document. I can't count how many times uh, yes, I I've where you're heard going a client here. <laughs> say, I've put sticky notes oh, the sticky note on method. the back <laughs> of each teacup or, you know, on the bottom of the plate or on the back of the, the painting. Very official. <laughs> a lot of people but think But I signed it, it and had it notarized, the sticky note. <laughs> there was an itemized sticky note master list, okay? Each one was labeled. Which is all well and good. And I've actually had this happen in two different estates. Until a pipe breaks and the house floods and all of the sticky notes go through the house flood and you have no idea what was still with the sticky notes (laughs) that aren't actual legal documents. Right. (laughs) And who's to say a sticky note didn't disappear? That is also things that we have heard. I know that my name was on that sticky note. And they're claiming it was never there. And so taking these legal steps to be sure that your plan is really followed is something that with your family and your personal representative will be extremely grateful and for. your attorneys. <laughs> That's and anyone true. who has to recant your story and tell it all over again. So as we are getting towards the end, we thought we'd talk a little bit about some of our Thanksgiving traditions and 
favorite food and what we're grateful for in general personally who wants to start um i i uh am grateful for um i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i know i love to do the cooking and so anytime i get the opportunity to like do the cooking like an entire thanksgiving meal usually it's not actually on thanksgiving because i have a lot of uh, nurses and firefighters and all that in my family. So we have some off schedules. Uh, but whenever I like we celebrate Thanksgiving, typically like on the Sunday afterwards and I can cook the entire meal. It's awesome. Which sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> no, I joke. I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year and, and it'll be lovely. So it's it's nice to to be able to show my kiddo tradition, cooking. Mom can actually cook sometimes. Um, but I always have appreciation for, um, I have an aunt who typically hosts and she does it so beautifully. She decorates everything and she just makes the, the entire house turns in. It's like it in the nicest of ways it threw up Thanksgiving, but in a beautiful way. So I always have in a ab- beautiful way. <laughs> I always have such an appreciation for people who put that much time, love and energy into giving you the full experience because it's something that not everyone has the capacity for. So it's nice when you have people like that in your life who create that for the entire family. And so I would say I'm most grateful for I moved three years ago down to where my brother lives and she's got the table. (laughs) (laughs) and I'm right behind them so I'm with my niece and nephew all the time and my sister-in-law's family also lives in the same town Um, through every holiday we are invited to my brother's mother-in-law's home to his in-laws and we all get together as the full family her side and our side we're not needing to split our time at different places and we're able to all come together as a family not just on the holidays but quite often throughout the year and so it is nice to not feel that oh I get to be with my niece and nephew for breakfast till noon and then they're rushing off somewhere else to really be able to come together as an entire family really means a lot to me. Uh, So I I feel like we need to kind of have like a visualization of people's Thanksgivings here because uh, Michelle and I both have enormous families Mm -hmm. and Kendra I think has like more of like a sit down dinner with a smaller family. (laughs) I think we usually have like 14 to 16 total when everyone gets together. Oh, please. So yes, it is small (laughs) compared to yours. As opposed to the three turkeys and the four hams that we end up having with and everybody has so... It's really funny because, like, people who don't grow up in big families have no concept of what a holiday looks like in chaos <laughs> because you have so many people eating and then people are responsible for different dishes and they're all bringing things at different times because people have different schedules. So you like you never have like one chance to actually sit down and eat. Because you don't even get to sit down and eat. There's no there's no there's sitting. No sitting. <laughs> there's no crying in baseball yeah. and there's no sitting at Thanksgiving. But like the mashed potatoes come like four hours later because the aunt who was in charge of mashed potatoes ended up having to be at like another place first. And then if there's something that you want to eat, you have to eat it now because it might not still be there because you have 40 other family members. That's right. We also ha- have to hide cookies and brownies. So if you're responsible for dessert, 
you bring it, but then you have to keep like a side stash for the aunt who comes a little bit later because you know she'll be miffed if she didn't get, you know, the brownie. So we have totally different experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Our Thanksgiving and holidays in general are very all right. We're going over to their house at one p.m. We eat at like three or four, so we have appetizers first. Then we all sit down at the table and eat together. And after we go for a walk all together, three for all. <laughs> yeah, right. we are total different experiences for sure. I, I'm grateful for my small family. If my she husband says this all the time, and if my husband do. is listening, he's going to be laughing because I remember bringing him to a holiday the first time on my father's side. And the, just the utter chaos, and he comes from a smaller family, and it was just the look on his face. Is it normal? Was so <laughs> no, we're not. There's no way my family's normal, but it's awesome. Everybody, everybody I know keeps saying that, but I feel like we're all in the same boat after all. I don't know. Your stories all make my schedule seem very overdone. I mean, I gotta run around. I'm setting up eight o'clock in the morning at Veterans Memorial Stadium for the North Quincy Quincy football game. We'll do that live from 10 till, I don't know, 12, 1 o'clock, whatever time it ends. And then I guess I'm lucky in this regard. I just have to show up at the allotted time and address to wherever it is that my lovely lady has told me to be present at. <laughs> oh, to be the man. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously. Makes, you know, I wish that I went to a school that had like an old school Thanksgiving football rivalry. Oh, it's something oh, else. It would be so cool. I went to North Quincy. Go Red Raider. I went to there North you Quincy. go. If, can I say that? Quincy. You can Wonderful. say that. You're Good clear. to both teams. I hope you all, you know, enjoy the game. But, you know, I have to give my plug for my alma mater. So this is the 91st installment of this particular game. And it's I mean, it's last year was amazing. The 90th uh, version of it. And uh, it was just unbelievable. I mean, the history that you can go through and the fact that you can go back in the record book to literally 19 diggity two is pretty impressive, I think. Well, and, and then there's my town where um, we had to combine with another local town just to have a football team. <laughs> God love those joint ventures. <laughs> so talking about traditions that are done at Thanksgiving, what is your favorite food that you will have on Thanksgiving? Ooh. Didn't We had this argument today about stuffing. So for oh, me, it's the stuffing. I'm going to get fired pie. up. <laughs> We can have this conversation right now on air. Does stuffing belong in the bird or not in the bird? Discuss. In this corner. <laughs> you got to get it both. So in the Kendra corner, my favorite is the stuffing that is in the bird. Cooked yep. in the bird. Classic. We do have both because there's not enough stuffing no, that never. you can never fit enough. in the bird. But my favorite is the stuffing that comes out of the bird. And I am a firm believer that aromatics that make the bird taste better belong inside the bird. So you have your lemon and your 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 seasonings and your onions and all of that. And it makes a wonderfully tasty bird. And then you have stuffing that is completely separate. And I do a like buttery garlic rosemary rub like under the skin. I was just going to ask anyone so the under moist. the skin approach. It's well, and, so moist. Okay, yep. and then we can get into this whole like, do you actually brine the bird or not? Discuss like that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yep. No, the more important one is your cranberry sauce decision. Oh. Are you a dirty oh. out of the can? Canned. <laughs> Same. Same. You guys are blasphemous. <laughs> we live in cranberry country and you're going to take it out of a can? I live in cranberry Carla. town. <laughs> and I like it out of a can. No. No. 
Never met a cranberry I didn't like. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I'm the resident, don't eat that, there's too much sugar in it person in the office, and I like the cranberry out of the can. So if that's saying something. <laughs> well, have you ever made actual cranberry of sauce? Not. It takes lots of sugar. Lots and lots of sugar. It really does. Yeah, it, like, it's like two amount. cups of sugar. Yeah, per- so I make fudge every year as well. Ooh. Talk about sugar. It's, it, it's five cups of sugar Does, plus fluff. It's, do, it's a lot. Pl- wait, wait. Plus fluff? Fluff. Yep. Wait. So are you making the, the fudge it's that's the straight never, from the, the fluff can? Don't deviate from the back of the fluff and you will have the most incredible. Don't put the nuts in it. Though, this in is, my opinion. This is the most massive discussion ever right here on WMEX. I love How it. to make the fluff the fluff fudge. Gotta tell them, yo. Fluff is it in is our range. It's a family tradition. I do it every year. It's the only thing I can make. <laughs> what about deviled eggs? Is deviled eggs got to be part of the list here? That no? is at every holiday every for holiday. the O'Toole clan. It is non-negotiable. I am a recent convert to deviled eggs. I... Oh, I lost you. So Sorry. good. Sorry. So no, good. I spent my so whole good. life not liking cold eggs. And then all of a sudden, um, this is a plug for my best friend, Shana, who lives in the North Shore and may be listening online. She made deviled eggs with candied bacon once. Stop and, it. Oh, it was so good. And then she's like, just try it. Just try it. And just I try did. It. And I've been converted ever since. Yep. I might be trying that now this day. <laughs> Speaking of recipes, we've been sending out a monthly newsletter and we've been chucking some some a recipe week. What do we have in there at this time? Salted caramel pecan. We have my so I love I, I'm the resident cook and I have my go to chocolate chip cookie recipe in our newsletter this month. So if you'd like some wonderful chocolate chip cookies, you can go to our website, LegacyLegalPlanning.com, and sign up to get our newsletter. Or you can reach out to us on social media, at Legacy Legal Planning, on Facebook and Instagram, and I will make sure that you get that wonderful recipe. She brought extras in for us, and, and she's not lying. They're incredible. <laughs> they sound amazing. we got to try these out one of these days. We'll get the photo up on the Facebook page and everything. This is going to be great. Well, we want to thank all of you for joining us this evening on Legacy Legal Live on WMEX Boston. We hope that you have been able to think about estate planning, reflect on what you're grateful for this Thanksgiving season, and we look forward to you joining us next week. WMEX Quincy Boston, streaming at WMEXBoston.com. And on your smart speaker, just say, play WMEX. The greatest hits of all time are back. This is the all-new WMEX. WMEX Boston.